On tonight's show, we have author and former member of the Grammy-nominated group Nappy Roots, Brian Prophet. And now, for your host, Cool Park. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show, everybody. Episode 49, episode 49, kicking it with Cool Card. I am your host, Cool Card. Yes, yes, yes. If you're coming back, thank you. I appreciate the support. If you're brand new to the show, I invite you to subscribe so I can continue bringing you this value from all these great guests that I bring on here. I'm telling you, 49 people, man. I got more episodes than we got presidents in the United States. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to keep it going. We, we, You know, it's a good thing, man. Selection year turned out great for me. I'll just let you know who I voted for. I don't care. Whatever. Turned out great for me. If it didn't for you, I hope it still works out. You know what I mean? Uh, it's all one, man. All one country. We got to get this thing back together. It's crazy out here. It's crazy out here. We got cops killing us, man, and doing all types of craziness. People acting crazy. Uh, yeah, so tonight, tonight, our show is fitting. It's fitting. Um, got a gentleman on here by the name of Ryan Prophet, uh, former member of the Nappy Roots hip-hop group pretty sure you heard of him we'll talk about that uh but he's also a victim of police brutality and he has a book out grams to grammy so we're gonna get into all that talk about his journey talk about how he's being motivated now he's, he's a motivator he's an activist doing a lot of good things so there is life after music but i ain't gonna say after because he got new music too but you know Coming from where he came from, just to show you that you can continue to succeed and excel and motivate and inspire people, all right? And that's what this show is all about, bringing value to the end user, which is you. I need you. Can't do it without you, but I do it for you, all right? Uh, so I'm going to shut up, stop talking. We're going to bring him on in with a nice little cool intro like I like to do and get this show going. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for coming back. Thank you for joining me. Mr. Ryan Prophet. All right, all right. What's going on, brother? Man, ain't nothing. Chilling, kicking it with you. All right. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, man, just want to thank you first and foremost for coming on the show. I uh, really appreciate you giving me your time. So we coming on here to talk about you, man. You know, you got a lot right. going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thank you as well, man, uh, for putting me on your, your platform, man. Uh, I see you doing well and and growing so uh you know it's a pleasure to be on here as well yeah absolutely man i yeah i really appreciate you doing this and uh had to have you on you know saw your story wanted to come on and have you share it you know and just kind of inspire and be transparent you know i'm not gonna ask you anything personal you know what i mean i don't do it like that we ain't no gossip here nothing like that just want to inspire just want to bring value to whoever's watching um, you know, there may be some people out there inspiring to do some music or inspiring to be a speaker or whatever, mm -hmm. and you can shed some light on them and kind of guide them on their way. Because a lot of people out here don't know what they need to know. Um, and as crazy as it may sound, you know, Google can be your best friend, but a lot of people just aren't resourceful. So 
Or they ask questions and people don't want to give them the answer. You know what I mean? Or they want to. That's why we have shows like yours here for. Right? Exactly, exactly. I don't want. I don't want to have to have someone come on here and have to pay a thousand dollars to get a little information that should be free to them. You know what I'm saying? So. I just try to do my part for the ecosystem, brother, you know? <laughs> no, no, no doubt. We all got to do our own part. You know, just feels, you know, everybody, uh, you know, got different uh, commitments and things that they feel passionate about. Yeah. Uh, such as yourself, I feel passionate about, you know, kind of sharing some things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, everybody knows where you came from, so we're not going to talk about the obvious from Jump. Let's talk about grams to grammys your book that you got out you released this back in what march right uh actually april i believe april, perhaps april. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah yeah sometime you know when corona hit right okay yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 so let's talk about that like what led up to you being inspired to write a book tell your story and inspire people uh i i'd say the the trigger the, the the first thought would probably be when me and my brother we started a a, a reading program uh, in the early two thousands. Okay, uh, it was called the Failure Free Reading Program Profit Society, and uh, in that this was a time you know we're doing you know in, incredibly well musically. Uh, we is the Nappy Roots, whatnot, number one selling group in the whole world, right. uh, out of state in Kentucky, and you know me and my brother we always had a vision of starting a school, kind of like. I think, you know, like LeBron has and uh, Jalen Rose and all these people. So right. we started out with this reading program and it was partially funded, you know, not just from me, but uh, like No Child Left uh, Behind Bush. And, you know, so, you know, they actually got some funding uh, from that guy. But in that, you know, teaching kids to read, everybody wanted to rap. And I was just like, well, you know, I wish I could kind of steer more of these kids to actually writing yeah. and becoming authors. You know, everybody want to write 16 bars and write songs. I'm like, man, I wish these kids would be more about writing their stories, you know, yeah. because there's some really intriguing stories um, and it would get them, you know, more knowledgeable uh, just to reading as well. Full circle. Right. So I knew they look at me as a rapper. You want to be a rapper. Well, how can you say, man, I, I like to birth some authors as our prophet and you haven't wrote a book yourself. Right. So that was the first thing like that. You know, at some point I got to write a book. During this period of time, you know, I always had a couple people, particularly, uh, you know, people I would come come in passing with. And they said, man, you got a really interesting, uh, you, you've overcome a lot of things. You should write a book. Uh, end up being, I uh, end up hooking with the uh, S firm. Uh, and uh, they told me, you know, I know you want to do your music right now, but you've had so much success musically, but people, because you were in a six man group, you know, people really never knew that you were from Oakland, that you came from the streets of Oakland. Right. That, uh, uh, you know, you came from a, a place that many people don't make it out of. You yeah. were blessed to make it to college uh, and, and things of this nature. So it's all culminated me into uh you know, sitting down, taking six months out of my life, really writing uh, this book, you know, from Grams to Grammy. Stars as, a, you know, me as a child in Oakland, uh, substance use in the house, right. uh, a lot of drugs in the community in Oakland, uh, all the way up until me 
and further a little bit, give you a glimpse to what the what's next to be, but making it to the Grammy. So just a kid from Oakland, yeah, uh, from Kentucky, you know, raised in Kentucky, and make it to the Grammy. So that's that's kind of uh, how it all came about. So this, I like to ask people who write books uh, during that process. You know, the biggest thing is people say if you want to manifest something or discover something you know, write it down, you know, write your goals down, write out your dreams, whatever. Right. So when you're writing these books, I'm sure you make discoveries. What's like the biggest discovery that you made about yourself when you were writing about yourself? Cause sometimes we, you know, we, we move through life and we, you know, we know our experiences and their memories and, you know, memories can fade sometimes or whatever. And you don't really relive those experiences or let them affect you in your life anymore. But now you're sitting here and you're writing it down and you're reliving this and you're telling your story. Like, what is the biggest discovery that you made and that changed you? Well, in writing this book, I, I go about answering that question in this. I found myself uh, laughing. And then I found myself going through different phases of my life, remembering writing down lines and actually crying. Wow. Uh, Then I found myself just thinking about how things were affecting me Mm -hmm. at the time that this was going on. Right. Uh, How things were affecting others. And so it began to be a journey in a sense to where the book is about me, but I was actually thinking about how others were affected mm-hmm. with me being a part of the thing that we were going through. Family members. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, in a lot of ways, you know, it's, you know, you have a mother, you have a father. I was blessed. My parents married over 40 years, I have a brother, older brother. He's a counselor, I have a younger sister, beautiful sister. And, you know, you know, for us to come up the way that we come, um, for me to make it to the heights uh, that uh, I've so-called made it, um, you know, you, you have different roles. You know, I have a big brother that's, you know, pretty much just like, you know, he's a counselor. He's somebody I go and talk to like, hey, man, you know, you know, how do I handle this? I remember right. going through, uh, you know, when all this, you know, whatever this fame stuff is you know, walking through the mall and because I ended up hitting the streets and selling drugs myself and things of that nature, uh, I wasn't used to people just staring at me for too long. I'm like, right. you know, hold on, man, something it, going on. It's, it's the, yeah, and my, yeah, I think, you know, it might be a problem. Look, they right. just staring like too long. <laughs> and my brother, we was in Jefferson Mall in Louisville, Kentucky. He said, Ryan, you famous now. And it was like a shock because it was like, I am totally removing out of the life that I knew. Yeah. And I had to adjust. But as far as writing this book, something that changed me, it just, I think I started recognizing how much things that occurred in my life, my life experiences really affected me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I I would say... I was able to really confront some of the things that I like and probably more things that I don't like uh, 
but I've came to enjoy and understand who I've came to be yeah. that, you know, but damn, I'm a, I'm a pretty bad brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you know, a lot of the things that I've done uh, against the odds. Yeah, I was going to say that. I, I think I think what, what that does when you write a book is you come to an understanding of who you are. You kind of act as your own shrink or your own therapist almost. Because now you're really sitting down and you're remembering, you're remembering, and you're telling your story, and it's like, man, I didn't realize I'm this way because of that. You can make these discoveries on your own, sitting down, writing about yourself. You know what I mean? So that's why I asked right. you that. That and that's 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 really a great question. Like, that's a great question. I think, you know, if people were to pursue, I get people all the time because they like, oh, they know me, you know, as a rapper or whatnot or from other things. But now people are inspired because I I wrote a book. Yeah. So they like, man, I got a hell of a story, you know. <laughs> and so I'm like, if we can get more people to actually look into themselves because we know we as black people, we don't really go and get counselors. Mm. You know, we look to our mothers, fathers, our family, our cousins, right. our, you know, and and that's good in its own right because there's somebody we feel like we can uh, understand. But you got to understand who you're being counseled by. You're dealing, you're being counseled by somebody that might have been a drug dealer all his life. So mm-hmm. if I'm an artist and I'm not doing well, shit, I ain't made no money in two years off my. I don't know if I'm gonna make it. Oh well, <laughs> you 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 don't need no job because I ain't never getting no job. And you know you you know yep. or you you gotta understand if you, you you're talking about love to a person who's been hard heartbroken, you gotta understand where they're coming from. So you still have to gauge all these things for yourself as to who am I talking about? Who am I talking to? Yeah, who am I talking to and what information I'm because getting? Because what you are receiving, many much of it may be good, but some of it may be broken. And if you if you don't understand and identify these particular people that's around you and you're not really sure of yourself, you can fall you you can fall like very easy. Yeah, fall so, victim, fall back person, instead of life. Yeah. Writing a book is is is, is very much a, a a good self-discovery type of thing, particularly out of out of bio. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I asked that. I always like to ask that question when I talk to people who write books cuz I know you, you make self discoveries and and it's it's just amazing the the stories that you hear like you're saying one line that you wrote made you cry one line made you laugh it's like you're going down memory lane and that like you're making these discoveries it's just it's amazing yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know and I think and I've never kept a journal and I and I'm assuming that's why people keep journals you know just yeah, kind of yeah you know commemorate everything and yeah that's cool so let's let's go back to you know you becoming a part of nappy roots like how did that happen and when did well i guess you said like going through the mall with your brother didn't really realize what you had become in that sense like did you know or what did it feel like when you first became a part of that did it feel like you guys were just i'm with my boys we're making music somebody's about to pay us for it like how did how did that feel for you well initially how we met uh, it was a blessing. You know, my parents, they always, uh, it was one little thing, and I talk about it in my book. Of course, it's on Amazon from Grams to Grammys. Number one new bestseller, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to have the link down in the description. Y'all go check it out. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, as a kid, even starting in Oakland, our parents used to ask, what are you going to do after college? Mm-hmm. And we used to talk about this and that. And this was a constant elementary. What are you going to do after college? Middle school, junior high, what are you going to do after college? High school, what are you going to do after college? In that, they were sinking in our head. Society will tell you, what are you going to do after high school? Mm -hmm. But my parents were teaching us, what are you going to do after college? Right. They were teaching and instilling in us that education didn't end after high school. Right. Education ended after college. So we always sought that. Now we have, you know, everybody uh, went to college and other brother and sister, they, they got masters, everything, right? right. So uh, I'll tell you how key language was to us. So, you know, again, I, I started... You know, again, the book is Grams the Grammys. As a kid, I was amongst a lot of drugs. You know, uh, you read the book, you find out it was, you know, my cousin was a very big dude, if not that big dude, mm-hmm. in uh, the city, you know, city of Oakland. And then I began to hit the streets in Kentucky. So all the way up until, you know, the last, the last day, uh, fortunately, I had already applied to college. Um, you know, some things went down in the streets and, you know, because I had my parents, mother and father, uh, they, uh, you know, some really big went down to where I had all my money, all my dope in the house along with my best friend. It was his baby mama and all that other stuff. Mm. And, uh, she ended up calling them saying, oh, you can come get all his stuff right now. She wouldn't give it back because we caught the mix with some other uh, females <laughs> but what was good that I had already applied and next thing I know you know my parents they woke me up the next morning and you telling me everything that's, that's going down and whatnot and they saying you got to go they took me down to Bowling Green Kentucky uh West Kentucky and that's when uh you know I was pretty much set there with a suitcase and still some trappings of 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 my trapping mm-hmm. uh, I had a lot of money out on the street and, uh, you know, there I was there in, uh, at college. Would you say, <laughs> would you say that was the best thing that ever happened to you at that time? Seeing that how it shifted? Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. So I spent a good deal of time, a good deal of time, you know, the first semester, maybe half the first semester until I talked to one of my boys. Cause pretty much our whole clique was depleted on murder charges drugs and guns yeah uh and uh i was the only one that was in the business that made it out right so i felt like i was leaving my best friend mm. uh, a few weeks later after my parents dropped me in college and whatnot uh actually a week later he got caught up so pretty much our whole team was depleted but after talking to you know one of my friends he was like man uh ryan you don't understand i would <laughs> maybe it's not the perfect word but I would kill to be where you are right now man right. your parents did the right thing I, I, I uh, you got some great parents I wish our parents would have held up you know you know, like you so man you are exactly where you need to be man enjoy it. and you know take advantage and after I took that call it was like damn okay 
I was still thinking street. It was like something changed in me. I recognized, wow, I'm not supposed to be thinking this. This is a blessing. Yeah. And then I recognized, yeah, that was a turning, that was a turning point in my, that was the biggest turning point in my life where I completely changed and engaged with what, what I was doing. You but know what I'm saying? Start, so, so did you start looking for new possibilities after that? Is that when you were like? Yeah, very much so. You know, I, I had always, uh, you know, wanted to, you know, I didn't know how I was really going to get on camera or whatnot and, and, and be known to the world, but I always felt like people would know my name. Yeah. And, uh, you know, looking at LL Cool J when I was uh, just age of eight, I said, I want to be like him. But then, you know, in Kentucky, nobody had ever became a rapper in Kentucky. So my friends, my best friends, the very friends that I'm talking about, say, you can't be a rapper coming from Kentucky. You got to be from California or New mm. York. So I gave that up for a while. Um, so there was just a couple of different, there was a lot of different things, but somehow wrong in my mind and always stays today. You know, that's why I speak in the book. You know, it's like a, I had a hell of an intuition or a hell of a voice that that's always stayed with me and kept me on the right track, kept me yeah. from, you know, being caught up in the streets. All my boys got crazy charges. I never got caught up for anything for the things that we really was doing. Yeah. You know, I made it. Uh, and uh, it's just... It's incredible, really. It's just all a blessing. So, so for kids out there, I don't know if any kids are going to see this. They may, but anyway. For kids out there who come from a good background, you know, two-parent home, good upbringing, how, where does your mind go to want to get wrapped up in the streets, want to get wrapped up in a drug game? Uh, well, again... I was blessed with two parents who were actually involved with substance use as a recreation. So my my parents were very, uh, you know, had a lot of pride. They were intellectuals to a certain degree, Mm. Uh, uh, common sense, and they respected themselves. Mm. Um, You know, again, I've probably seen more drug, drug. I've been around drugs ever since my birth. I'm talking about literally having drugs in my stroller. Wow. So this is not, this is not that type of thing. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Okay. So with that, these are things that I couldn't express being in Nappy Roots because, you know, Nappy Roots and, you know, the five other guys, you know, the brand is a country brand and things of that nature with the whoop. But yeah. if you look back, I'm always the guy I'm wearing Adidas suits, diamonds still like today. <laughs> you know, I come from Oakland, California. Yeah. I've been around the lifestyle of a rapper, which was my cousin, because he was the biggest drug dealer in Oakland okay. in 85. So this is my life. Right. Um, I would say for anybody that's had um, that are fortunate to have two uh, parents, um, you know, I would say, uh, you know, just because you have two parents, it doesn't mean things going to be easy. Yeah. I was just fortunate to have two parents that had their heads on their head uh, on a on their shoulders. Right. right. Um, but you de- it definitely can be a blessing. 
but it can be one or it can be two. Uh, what's most important is that you try to seek to better yourself and understand as soon as you can the type of situation that you're in. Because sometimes your parents can need help. Yeah. You know, I was actually in a situation, you know, once we moved to Kentucky, again, with my uh, parents uh, uh, being a part of that that stage of life when, you know, things hit us blacks, you know, we was fortunate that my father had a father in Kentucky and moved us back there and we was able to kind of restart. Okay. Still, they had some bad habits per se, but they were in control. But, you know, I used to, I was one of those kids, I used to, when they would indulge with their recreational use, you know, I was the kid, I would, you know, I would go and cry in the bathroom on the toilet. You know, you know, with the toilet, you know, the seat down, whatnot, yeah. but I just probably, because I think, you know, the things that I see on the news, we're going to end up homeless, or we're going to end up in the projects, uh-huh. like everybody else, all the other black people that I see that's on these drugs. Right. Uh, so it used to, man, it used to, still, you know, it still hurts me, right? But what I did do is I made a call back to California and I called, you know, uncle, whatnot. It's like, hey, you know, what's going on? I told my brother, hey, look, we're not. So me and my brother got together, called the uncle, he flew out. And uh, I think it did some, some well because not too long after, it took a little while, man, they changed their whole operation, man. Wow. And they got Yeah. And you know, God right there. Come on, man. That's God right there. You know there. what I'm saying? I, you know, I called my brother. You know, my brother, man, they, you know, this is kidding because I'm seeing, you know, guys I know he got to go to school with, right? Yeah. In high school. And they, I, they're on the porch now. It's like, no, you know, I, I seen this in Oakland. So yeah. it's a lot, you know, that you got to deal with. So it's all, it's all in the book, man. It's pretty good, man. And we actually, hopefully we can make it a feature film, which we are talking about. Yeah, that'd be dope. So how does, so how does a kid running the streets from Oakland, whole different, whole different vibe, whole different background, jail with some country boys in Kentucky and make it big? Well, uh, I was fortunate because we kind of transformed, you know, the first few friends that uh, we met, me and my brother, were some of the roughest, toughest guys that you can ever meet. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Kids, we're talking about, right? And so, you know, we combined our power, so we already had a night. We was blessed, you know, you know, we got in the streets. We all pretty much survived right. for the most part. Uh, and then, you know, the rapping happened. I made it to college okay. and hooked up with the Nappy Roots. Okay. So I've had some a lot of different experiences. So I was already who I was coming from the city of Louisville and hooking up with, you know, the, the other five brothers as well as a couple other brothers. We got there's some other brothers, man, that they actually uh you know, for lack of better way, words fell by the wayside. That was a part of Nappy Roots. I'm talking about got tattoos, everything. But wow. when the label came in, it was like eight, nine, ten of us. And it was like, no, we only want the guys that spit the raps, the real raps, not the guys who make the beats that's affiliated. So they came in and chopped up a whole bunch of stuff, right? Oh, damn. So we was really a, a heavy army, man. It was a lot of us. Uh, uh, 
So that's unfortunate with that happened. But did that you cause know, a divide? Huh? Did that cause a divide? Hell yeah, man! It was crazy. Felt some type of way. Yeah, I wouldn't be here today if I didn't figure out what was going on because some people who was on the better half was riding. They would keep secrets because the label was saying, "Oh, well, they only want this many people." Then the label would say, "Oh, they don't want this many people." So wow. I mean, it was only God that I was able to be able to, uh, you know, kind of peep. Okay, what's lying? Who's lying? Yeah. Who's got the most to uh, uh, to gain? You know what I'm saying? So in this book, you'll see me. I find out that okay, with well, these couple people's trying to actually get the four or five of us to work for them, so we end up signing a production deal to one of the members that was. In a, just in a group, but he was a businessman, uh, you know, very, very uh, smarter, well versed. He I, reading, the, he reading all the books. I've heard that know. story before. <laughs> Man, we done signed over all the publishing and everything. He get one of his buddies that's just cool and tell him he's gonna be the publishing guy. We done signed over the publishing, you know. But uh, it took me myself to find out, and then I had to get one of the brother, other brothers, and then. Me and him, it made me stronger. Cause yeah. they, they were talking about, oh, well, shit, they don't want you either, Prophet. Like, I'm like, what? So, man, we went through a lot of bullshit. I'm telling you, and these guys still today, none of them have thanked me, man. They, none of these guys would have ever made a dollar had I not figured out what was going on with Nappy Roots. Wow. Not a dollar. We'd be signed to two guys, one that's in the group and another guy who ended up the label paid him a hundred thousand to go on and forget about all that. And uh nobody still today said, Hey man, profit, you saved our fucking life. Wow. <laughs> so it's some shit, man. I done live a hell of a life, man. That's crazy. So can I can I ask dollars. you this? Can I ask you this? And you don't have to say names or nothing like that, but is the person that you guys were signed to that's in the group still in the group? Yeah, he actually runs around, man. He got I don't know what it is, man. You got he, he had some type of control over guys, but when you're not really secure about yourself and your position, you kind of find comfort in other guys who seem to know what they're doing. Yeah. And, you know, in their mind, they might have, well, I'm sure maybe one or two got a conscious or, you know, something where it's like, damn, <laughs> we fucked over a lot of shit, you know, just for some money. Right. Just for a woo woo all because they wasn't really strong in themselves yeah. and so they went with the uh things that were just highly just wrong yeah and uh you know i talk about these things in the book you know as i was going through my you know uh process i knew a lot of things because one of the group members uh were telling me what was going on <laughs> and i would still get showing love but they didn't know the whole time and i knew that they were pretty much backstabbing me i knew the whole time Wow. And, uh, uh, you know, matter of fact, this guy, his name is Clutch. Clutch used to tell me everything. <laughs> Clutch used to tell me everything. They said, <laughs> in the book, he told me, he was like, yeah, Prophet, man, they said, we can't we can't support your solo stuff because if, if we support you, what do you think the label's going to do with us? They're going to drop us. I was like, That's what? That's crazy. Like, yeah, man, so... That's crazy. And again, I'm I'm prophet, so I don't, I, don't, I I take pride in you know the things that I stand for and I say, you know. Yeah. So, so. Why couldn't you take your your solo project to another label though? 
Well, it's a lot of it's a lot of things. It's, so it's, nothing's ever based on one thing. You have well, a lot well. Of I'll say this: I do I do know enough about the business that because you were signed to that production deal, they block they would block you regardless. Well, we well fortunately I got us out of that. Oh, you know, okay. Because yeah. I got another another guy in the crew. Uh, you know. Uh, to, to get with me and we got a lawyer. Okay. Uh, I got B. Scott, you know, he was the youngest in the crew. He didn't know what was going on. So I got him and, uh, you know, fortunately I had my parents. We went and got a lawyer. And uh, so once I had him because he Man. was securing the bill in his spot. Yeah. So you had like three people that was, three people that wasn't. But once I got him, I had, I had leverage to slow up all deals with Atlantic yeah. as far as how we were moving forward. And from there, we were able to disseminate the information to the other members and whatnot. Man, it's and, always about some money and a contract that messes up a good thing, man. Yeah. Well, it's power and it's greed because yeah. you got people who want to control others. And, you know, we in this case, we had a guy particularly who wanted to be the star. He just didn't have it. You know, they they didn't. He didn't have it, but he had all the knowledge and, and the plug. He was, he was, he was talking directly with you know, the labels and yeah. knew he was being taught how to play the group. You but know, the group didn't know. I just had instincts because I came from the streets. You know what I'm saying? You know who else went through that? That same ordeal? Ice Cube. Drew Hill, too. Mm. Nokio, he was the one, you know, in bed with the label and it had the production company and doing it. And yeah, man. That was a. Yeah, I, I just, I heard rumors, but I never knew too much but i always thought that was a great group and i thought but you, you just never know what's going on behind the scenes because greed and you know you know in the music industry it's all about divide and conquer yeah and then we have people who's not willing to go in and do their own homework or feel secure in where they at they just want to ride you know we some boys from kentucky so we had a couple cats just want Anything to ride. somebody say they just like oh, okay yeah and, they want know, they want somebody else to handle all the business. They just want to get the money and 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 be an artist. Can't do that. <laughs> it's sad. It's sad. But you know that that's just a part of my story. Yeah. I'm just fortunate. You know what I'm saying? I end up you know doing a lot of other things and like you said, you know, came out with this book, became the number one new bestseller. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Congrats, friend. So keep, keep elevating and motivating. Yeah, for sure, man. Let's talk about the police brutality. I know you went through a little something. I've seen the pictures and all that, and I see that you, you know, you, you know, you're heavily into the the supporting the Black Lives Matter, or whatever, because you know, I've, you've experienced something. What can you? I mean, I don't know if you want to speak about that. You can tell me yes, no. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, what happened? Uh, well, what led up to that event? Well, I, I was really in a good space. Um, you know, again, this is something that I talk about, but I was really in a good space. I came off, uh, uh, Wale, he was headlining the tour. I guess you called me like the co-headliner in Florida. Mm -hmm. And they called me back to do a show in Kentucky and, uh, whatnot. Uh, this was a little, this was a little bit later after the, the Wale tour in Florida. And I wasn't thinking, I, I was still, I had been spending, like I had been in Florida for about I don't know, six, seven months. I don't know. But I wasn't thinking about, okay, this small town in Kentucky, it just didn't occur to me. I'm, I'm still off a high, like things are going well. Yeah. It looks like I'm about to, you know, come back and do some great things. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, I go and host this show in Radcliffe, Kentucky. And uh, it actually happens to be like one of the places that a lot of, the, you know, the Ku Klux Klan, quite frankly, meet. And, oh, you know, wow. you, got of, uh, you got a lot of people that support of the, uh, you know, Kentucky State Police that's involved with, uh, you know, racist activities. Mm-hmm. Right. So here I am hosting a show. I come through a roadblock and ultimately, you know, they they were being told at this roadblock that our profit, you know, they, they were asking people where they were coming. Uh, and I gathered this after the fact. You know, I didn't know all this was going on around me. But people were telling me, you know, oh, we're coming from the Our Profit show and whatnot, things of that nature in this small little Kentucky town. Mm-hmm. And then here, here I come with my partner, uh, Sean, one whatnot. And, uh, you know, we end up getting pulled to the side. But, man, they end up, man, strip, you know, locking my partner up, Sean, one. Uh, and they end up, you know, I was a passenger, get me out the car. And they're like, so you the one that everybody's talking about. And I knew it was a problem from there. You know uh, what I'm saying? Oh, man. So uh, they end up, man, they make me uh, they made me strip on the side of the road. I'm talking about take off your hat. I took off my hat. Take off your, your jacket. Took off my jacket. Take off your, your, your shoes. Took off my shoes. Took off your pants. I took off my pants, brother. I'm on the side of the highway. And they stopped traffic a little bit before. So everybody where they stopped traffic, there's no cars coming at this yeah, point. Yeah, can't see. You know, so they know what they're doing. They highly coordinated. Man, they had me stripped down to my uh, boxers and my undershirt, my diamonds. That's it. So uh, then they told me, you know, told me, uh, then they handcuffed me after I'm fully in my boxers and I'm barefoot on the concrete. And uh, they handcuffed me, told me, turn around. Then a police officer, man, pulled out his gun, told me he comply. And I'm like, I don't understand because I'm barefoot like a slave right here on the highway. Right. And he says this shit like three different times i'm like sitting there barefoot in my boxes handcuffed behind my back and he keep telling me to comply he ended up shooting fell to the ground uh all the records show uh that i was tased a total of 15 times uh they actually took me to a second place uh we don't know where that place is um but obviously i'm hurt by the grace of god uh, i thought i was dead i did give up but at some point, I guess I lost consciousness and uh, wow. still alive. But yeah, so all records show that, you know, I was saved 15 times and, uh, you know, they fucked me over pretty good. You know, TMZ, they got some type, they got some pictures, but you'll see my feet is tore up. And that's just to let you know, you know, you never see somebody's feet like that if they didn't have on these shoes and socks. Right. Right. Um, this was the time that Trayvon Martin had already been killed. Uh, Michael Brown had already been killed. A lot of young brothers had already been killed. Um, in the state of Kentucky, I'm, you know, considered somewhat of a big deal. I've done a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm the youngest member on the board of chairman for the Muhammad Ali Center. So anybody go to Louisville, Kentucky, check out the Muhammad Ali Center. Uh, you'll see me on the wall with, you know, Denzel, Muhammad Ali, Will Smith, Dalai Lama, anybody you can name. Uh, you know, some some big wigs, you know, they celebrate me as well. That's dope. Uh, I say that to say that when this happened, you know, I started doing press conferences to get word word out in Kentucky and whatnot uh, that this happened to me. I would hold these press conferences and go home and none of the press conferences would be held, though all the news uh, channels would be there, film me, 
Ever they would never air it? They wouldn't air it. Wow. So after about the second or third time, I realized this is something really heavy. Uh, I had been blacked out of the media in my own city, state, right? So I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And uh, I guess it was just all because they felt like all the other brothers were getting killed and riots was going on. People found out that our prophet had went through the same thing, only survived. And he's actually living to tell his story. Uh, there could be a lot of big problems. So they did a very good job in suffocating my story. Still, people don't know today. Uh, that's a part of my story from Grams to Grammys. And, uh, you know, I'm here and I'm just blessed. So nobody was ever prosecuted, never, no, nothing. Like, just... I went through four or five lawyers, man. They all were railroading me. Uh, I was facing five years. For what? Um, uh, well, what they do in all cases, uh, from what I've learned... When you got a police brutality case and you actually have a survivor like I am, um, what they pin on you is assaulting an officer, and that's where you're facing five years. Uh, many people don't have the resources, though comes to find out I didn't have enough, um, but uh, surely didn't have the voice that, that you know, a lot of others, they didn't have. So you will succumb and just say, hey, I don't want to, you know, take this to trial. Uh, because so years so that's what they do so they'll if they beat you and you survive basically they just say you you assaulted an officer right and the grand jury pretty much they're usually going to say uh yes we agree well in my case they put assault an officer and then all the rest misdemeanor charges to justify them breaking my nose and all kind of other stuff from here so you can Look on YouTube, TMZ interviews, our profit, TMZ interviews, Nappy Roots. To justify me being tased 15 times, there's only misdemeanors. Any legal people out there, y'all can check for yourself, is uh, preposterous. But uh, So there was no struggle, there was no nothing. The grand jury found no true bill that profit did not assault an officer. So then you have no felonies. Now you just got misdemeanors. Now, you tell me what misdemeanor can justify you tasing a young man 15 times. Right. There isn't. So they did a pretty good job. They, uh, uh, you know, but I'm here to tell my story. But yeah, it's all on record. But just because you had a show, everybody was saying they were coming from your show. They felt some type of way. I guess they I guess they just wanted to break you down because I guess they felt like, oh, he probably thinks he's a big deal. Everybody's. Well, in a sense, I can never understand a a schizophrenic, a maniac, you know, why you would want to try to take my life. Uh, But I understand there is envy and, you know, people are very envious of a young uh, so-called black uh, successful brother. Right. But even just brothers and sisters that are not uh, perhaps perceived on my level of success. This gets done to us also. Also, Uh, with that, you know, I don't I can't really tell you what goes on in their mind, but they really had their whole program together on how they was gonna do me. With them stripping me, they wanted to uh, you know, make me feel less like a man. Of course. Uh, less human. So I'm in my boxers and like like why do you strip me? You know? Yeah. So like when Kanye West say blood diamonds, <laughs> I know about blood diamonds. I mean I was dripped in blood in my boxes and my undershirt. Uh, so 
excuse me. I can't, uh, I can't, you know, really say though, you know, years before, you know, I was awarded a million dollars from the state of Kentucky for a discrimination case. Uh, and this case was different. Um, again, you know, the group we highly celebrated at this point, there had never been any, uh, rappers, uh, known, uh, to, uh, you know, to the world. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, all I can say is, man, is authorities are, are uh, they take the law in their own hand and they feel like they know how to get away with it. And I'm, I'm just blessed that I'm able to tell my story because there's a lot of sure. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, uh, young blacks that have been killed and not been able to share their story. All you had to do was look at uh, the record of whatever they wrote up and yeah. what they wrote, what they write down. It'd be all bullshit because they know the law. Yeah. All bullshit. You don't have to do anything but be black. And a lot of whites don't understand it. They really don't. They really don't. They really don't. Like, oh, you had to do something. Oh, you had to do something. Nah, bro. Nah. Um, really some evil people amongst uh, amongst you. Yeah, I had a few. I had a few. One in particular who was, who was man, I mean, he didn't touch me, but he was really trying to provoke me. To, to, to mm. say just to say the wrong thing, not even act out. You know what I mean? Just say the wrong thing. He was trying to trap me, and I'm like, man, I see it. Yeah. I see it happening. I saw it happening. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I just complied, said what I need to say. Eventually, he kind of backed off of me, and yeah, let me go, man. But I see how it happens. It's easy. It can happen so easily. You don't have to do anything. All you gotta do is say the wrong thing, and it don't even have to be, you know, uh, a threat or anything. You know what I mean? You don't have to have an attitude. You just say the wrong thing, and trap you into saying the wrong thing, and and then they go, they go at you. So you don't even have to say the wrong thing sometimes. I know. Uh, yeah. uh, what Joyce Floyd said, I can't breathe. Uh, well, hold on, stay down here a few more seconds, a few more minutes. Right. <laughs> but right. I can't breathe. You know, that's you ain't got to, you know, really be like that. That's sad, man. God, that's sad. Shout out to Breonna Taylor in the city of Louisville, where I'm from. For real. Shout out for real. That was, that was a sad situation. Peace and blessings to your family. How do you, how do you charge somebody for basically shooting into the other apartment, but you don't charge them for killing an innocent woman in her own home? Well, I mean, <laughs> That's why they call them authorities. They got the ability to uh, make their own laws. They take up for each other. Um, they have these unions, powerful unions, to where, you know, even if there is something that may come down to where they be subject to uh, uh, some type of uh, penalty, penalty is being held responsible. You know, there's other back ways where they loopholes to where these guys just keep continue to get their checks and continue to work. Um, but you know, when you take people's lives, man, uh, I just don't think that's really, uh, something that you can take lightly. These people really need to be held accountable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and made it, and made an example of, cause nobody's being made an example of. So who's going to, who's going to fear doing it? There's no fear. There's no, you know what I mean? They don't fear the consequences because it, it's a, it's a, it's an ego thing. It's a prideful thing. It's an arrogance that. They could, I can do whatever I want, and it's my word against yours. And 
you know, I can turn the body cam off and just say, oh, forgot to turn it on. And that's OK, too. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Something's got to be uh, they got to be held accountable, but something's got to be different. Uh, but of course, you know, it's only a certain group of us that see it a certain way. And it's like we delusional. They really don't understand the type of things that we go through on a day-to-day basis. They think we just crying over something that we making up that's not real. Right. And that's unfortunate, you know, right. but, uh, you know, a person, uh, and I, I, you know, you know, you know, what kind of bothers me, not even kind of, it bothers me that we, we, you know, urban black folks, we have a we have a different type of culture. We you know we like to dress. You know, in Africa we kings and we queens and we wear jewelry and we're gaudy and stuff. And we bring that to this urban culture, to pop culture, and it's all cool and fun for everybody to indulge in and enjoy it and wear the clothes and look that way. But when we're caught out there looking like me and you, hat, gold chain. We fit the description. We look the part of a thug. Why is that? You know what I mean? Like, why can't we just be who we are? We don't have to dress like you to be a civilized person. Why? Because the way that we dress, we fit the description. You see what well, I mean? Well, it's I, crazy, man. Th- that That is some truth. But at the same time, you know, uh, it's not about us dressed. I mean, we come out dressed and we could be naked. We black. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, officers, if they want to be on that dumb shit, you know, it's a lot of racist cops. Um, you know, it's a lot of black cops that's involved with the authorities, but you know, they don't really go in and if they're not with the dumb stuff, they don't go in and really speak on the type of stuff that they see that's going on out in the streets, you know what I'm saying? They keep in cover for themselves because they like, well, this this guy helps. He covers me every day of my life. So that's more important to him yeah. rather than, you know, actual humankind. And he's actually seeing the way that we treat it. And they um, won't stop it. They won't do anything about it. Yeah. So it's not really about a ball cap or some, you know, a diamond chain or whatnot. We're black, man. And uh, there are... Uh, a lot of rotten people, you know, the same rotten people that, you know, would tie us up to horses and, you know, take our limbs different ways. Uh, those people actually raise people and those people raise people, yep. you know, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, the things that people are taught, you know, why is it that us blacks are hated so much? I was talking to uh, someone uh, just recently. They were just like, you know, there's so many races that just hate Black people, you know, just different groups of people that look at us like we some messed up people. And it's so unfortunate knowing that we actually birthed all this. And, you know, our minds have been changed and turned around. We got, you know, and we have to be accountable because we actually killing ourselves. We see all the uh, uh, unfortunate, misguided things to where we we just turn so many things on ourselves where we fighting ourselves we losing a lot of not you know gang members but rap rap members and you know yeah it's just like all across the board you know we all do got to take you know responsibility because uh 
really at the we at the bottom end. We losing, man. Uh-huh. We losing a lot of good brothers and sisters, uh, and we not unified to the fact that uh, you know, that we can actually make a real a real run for change. We talk about it, and we in we in it for about two, three, four months. You know what I'm saying? With me, I'm. I actually live this stuff. You know, I got people, I some people that, oh, well, make a song like this. I'm like, man, that's a trend. You want me to be a, this really, I almost got my life took in for real. Yeah. It's been other brothers that I know that's, that's been beat, you know, almost, you know, it's like, this ain't no trend. So everybody want to go make a rap about it. I'm like, you know, I make my music organically, still make awesome music. Uh, of course, I'm quite biased, but you know, uh, you know, I make music for real. I don't make no music just because this was going on. Yeah. And some people really can't feel that because that's not really near and dear to their heart. But I love black people. That's why I'm profit, man. I help. Uh, I give people the, 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 the my arm if I could. You know what I'm saying? But I've learned that you really can't do that because a lot of people will forget what you've done. Absolutely. And I just got to be better at taking more... Uh, assertiveness about taking care of myself so i don't know we just got a multiple issues that these are things that i talk about um you know in the book i talk about how my bodyguard uh, he committed uh, uh he committed suicide so i talk about suicide in the grams of grammy's uh, book it's a multitude of, of things that i talk about mental Ill- illness uh the games that people play in the industry mm. uh like accountants and managers and you know, your A&Rs and the, the person that they pick in a group to, you know, use the other group members for their, yeah. you know, and they don't understand, like, they're turning that guy just, just totally, but it must be in him because they seen that in him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. man, I talk about so many different, man, that shit deep, man. Y'all got to get that book, man. <laughs> I'm going to check for it real, out. Dog. I'm going to check it out, for real. I got to read that. Yeah, I want I want to dive into that, man. That's deep. Please do. Wow, that, that's well. I appreciate you sharing your story, man, and being so transparent and open about it. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't want to touch on anything you didn't want to talk about, but yeah, you just you took it there. I, I appreciate you being transparent, and that's what this shows are all about. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, well, I appreciate you, man. I, I'm just, uh, you know, I just I'm just me, man. Just try to put it out there, man. Hopefully, some people can learn from it. Uh, understand, you know, some people been in similar situations, understand you're not the only one. Uh, you know, we blessed and uh, we can do some other things that uh, can help us in the long run and, you know, not perhaps just be selfish, but, you know, let's put some things out there like you're doing, put some, some good energy out there and hopefully uh, we can link up on a, on a positive tip. Yeah, absolutely. So before we go though, what uh what you what you uh, got new work you working on? I know you got the Jesse James song. Yeah, well, um, I'm starting a whole company. It's actually it's a music film and publishing company as well as a clothing company. Okay, and uh, we're finalizing that. I think within the next month. Um, that's what I'm excited about. I think we really won't have the uh, actual layout until the first of the year, January. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, everything's been quiet. We're just now coming back from Corona. They talking about the second wave or whatnot. Um, so I would just say, you know, for anybody who's looking out, you know, uh, my way and like to see some of the things I do, just uh, 
follow me, you know, on my social networks, the Our Profit Official. Of course, you got the link. I appreciate you. Yeah. Instagram, Our Profit Official, R-P-R-O-P-H-E-T, Official. So we got music, we got clothing, we got uh, uh, films, and we got books. So uh, I, I hope with me becoming one of the new bestsellers for Amazon, uh, it was such a blessing. It's going to open up some other avenues for me to, uh, you know, publish uh, some other young authors, or, you know, just authors in general. If, you know, if you got some material and uh, actually produce films, uh, uh, music, going to be signing artists. I got a couple good things that's all occurred because of, I don't know, I guess just, I'm just blessed. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. And I'm an actor, so any opportunities you have, I ain't asking for no handouts. I, you got auditions, let me know. Hit me up on the gram, DM me, say, hey, I got this audition for this film we're working on. You know what I'm saying? I got an agent and all that, so, you know, I ain't just talking. Okay. Oh, no. Where you based out of? I'm in Atlanta. Oh, okay. So we cool. Okay. We'll, yeah. we'll be too. So we just, just got to stay in contact on social network. What up? Okay. Good. Yeah, 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 for sure. Just let me know. All right. Yeah, for sure, man. So you got the project. You got So basically, you're about to be a machine. That's what you're about to be. You're about to be a machine and do everything under one umbrella. That's what it appears to be. Uh, you know, I, I've been uh, in, in, in a couple situations before. Always an optimistic guy. So, you know, I just, before I let it, the bag, you know, the rabbit out the head, I just like to, it looks that way. And, you know, I feel like uh, I deserve it, you know? So, you know, I, if if I'm indeed uh, blessed with everything being finalized, I, I plan to, uh, you know, kind of bless some other people. Yeah. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, you got any speaking engagements coming up too, man? Post that. I repost it. Let me know. I come check you out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Will do. Thank you, brother. Definitely. I got the link oh. here. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I started another new business too. Uh, uh, it's called Incredible Smoke, LLC.com. So all the people that vape, we got Legal THC. <laughs> legal THC is Delta 8. You know what I'm saying? But y'all just check out Incredible Smoke, LLC.com. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> I got the link in the description. The link to the book will be in this description. I don't think I have it there yet, but I'm gonna put it in the description so they can just click that, check your book out. I'm gonna check the book out. Yeah, man. God bless you, brother. I appreciate the time. Right, yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, y'all. Until next time. Episode 50 is next week. 50. We halfway to a century mark. I'm gonna have something special for y'all, man. Episode 50 is going down. Kicking the cool card every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Thank all profit for coming on, sharing, being transparent. Hope y'all got them gems he was dropping. I'm telling you, it's real out here. All right, y'all. Till next time. Peace.